Praise God. Today's an exciting day, amen? Because Jesus is alive. He is not dead. Again, welcome to any guests we have, anybody that's watching online. We do have some team members out today uh, and some sick, but God has filled this place up this morning. It's good to have all of you here. How many have your Bibles? Let me see your Bible if you have your Bible. Lift it up. This is God's powerful word. Amen. If you're here, you're a guest, you don't have a Bible, don't feel bad. Uh, we'll have the, the verses on the screen. But we're going to get into Isaiah, if you want to open up your Bibles. And uh, I've got a challenging word. We're going to have some exciting news this morning as well about what our vision is about and what we're doing. Um, and I do have some messages coming up possibly in the next couple weeks that uh, I want you to be prepared for. That I, I do want to preach some end times messages. There's some things I've been working on, some things that are going on that are even hard to keep up with. But today I need to preach a message that is on my heart for today. And so in this book, how many know that this book right here has been around a lot longer than us? This Bible has been around for thousands of years, written over a span of 1,600 years by over 40 authors in different cultures, and it is the answer to every question. It is the, it is the power to heal. It is the power to transform. It is the power to deliver. It is the power to change. How many have been changed by this book right here this morning? Amen. And we're going to continue to let it change us as we read it this morning. And in this book right here, will, the Bible says in James, will tell you what you look like. When you look at it, it says it's like looking at a mirror. It'll challenge you. It'll convict you. It'll comfort you. It'll do everything you possibly need. There's never been a book that's been more popular, and there's never been a book that's been more hated. Isn't that amazing how something can be both? There's never been a book that's been more attacked, tried to be burned, tried to be destroyed. But this is God's word, and the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Amen? It's forever. It's living. It's a sword. It touches. It transforms. It changes. And today it's going to speak to each one of us. And the crazy thing is, that this just blows me away, is that there's a gospel message in this of hope that salvation that says, I can be saved and forgiven of my sins. Is anybody thankful for that this morning? That this book tells me no matter what I've done or how much I've messed up, God can still use me. And this book tells me that, that, that God himself decided to do something you and I would never do. How many have ever felt inadequate to do something God has called you to do? We should understand today that God, God did something so crazy. He came from heaven and left his throne and left heaven and, and, and the beautiful place that he was in to come to this earth full of sin and backbiters and backstabbers and rebellious people to live on this earth and then go to a cross and die a horrible death and do all of that so humanity could be saved and then do something even crazier, which was now I'm going to let this gospel message I did be spread by you. And the only way people are going to be saved is if people tell other people. Does that sound crazy to anybody? Does anybody else, would anybody else be like me and say, I wouldn't trust me with that message? Right? I would do it myself. But Jesus chose to, follow, to get some men to follow him. And he said, I want you to follow me and I'm going to teach you what to do. And then I need you to go tell other people 
And today, 2,000 years later, we have a Bible in our hand because men and women were willing to give their lives for Jesus Christ. And he said, the way my gospel is going to spread is one-on-one evangelism. People are going to tell people what Jesus did for them. See, that's the difference between a dead church and a live church. A dead church comes and checks the box. A live church is moving and witnessing and telling other people about what Jesus did for their life. And there's an ongoing gospel being preached, a message that transforms and changes. And today I want you to look at the person next to you and say, he is talking to you right now. Amen. And say, he's talking to me. Isaiah As you look at the Bible, and this has happened all throughout Scripture, God is looking for someone to say, I will be used by you, God. I will be a vessel. I I don't have it all together. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I'll be willing to let you use me if that's what your plan is. And if you think back again before we read Isaiah about the disciples, I want you to understand something. It's the greatest story ever told, and it was so real that the men that followed him gave their lives for Jesus Christ. God will never ask you to do something that he has not done himself. He said, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. But he didn't just tell them that. He showed them how to do it. And he went to the cross and gave his life. All those men, 11 out of the 12 disciples, died martyrs' deaths. How many know if he, if he didn't really come out of that grave, most of them would have said, you know what? The money he gave me ran out. I'm tired of lying about this. I'm definitely not giving my life. But all the disciples gave their lives because they saw Jesus give his So today it's called Pay It Forward. Anybody ever seen that movie? It's an old movie maybe from the 90s called Pay It Forward. Something happens to you and you're supposed to pass it on to somebody else. The gospel is not a message for me alone. The gospel is for me to tell somebody else about it. And so in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, look what this Bible verse says. God is looking for whom he can use. And he says, Isaiah says, I heard the voice of the Lord. I want to be very clear this morning that as I'm preaching, many of you are going to hear the voice of the Lord. He is going to speak to you this morning. And he says, who shall I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. That's the attitude that God is looking for this morning. Father, in your powerful name, we ask that Jesus would touch hearts, the Holy Spirit would convict people to say, Lord, here I am, send me today. I'm willing to go, I'm willing to preach, I'm willing to witness, I'm willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to do whatever it takes so that other people can know the truth of the gospel that I know today. Devil, I bind you in all your powers that try to come against the word of God, and I tell you that your powers are disarmed this morning on the cross of Calvary. And the blood of Jesus is greater than any of your strategies and lies. And Jesus, let your word come forth in power to transform today and to multiply. In Jesus' mighty name we say, amen. See, God is saying, who will go? And we should say, here I am, send me. But the problem is, a lot of us are saying, here they are, send them. Aren't we good at that? Right now, as I was saying that, you might have had someone into your, coming into your mind. Hey, they should go. They'd be good preachers. They'd be good pastors. They'd be good leaders. Here, there they are, Lord. Send them. How many know that when you point at somebody else, how many fingers do you have pointing back at you? 
So remember that. So when you're thinking about somebody else, God's saying, no, I'm talking to you this morning. And it's a personal thing. God is a personal God, and he knows everything about you, and he, he puts you on this earth not to just suck up oxygen. He puts you on this earth for a purpose. He puts you on this earth to touch somebody's life. Amen? I was telling an old basketball friend of mine that was in the first service that, I had, that, that had, we played years ago, and he, we were talking as he was going out the door, and I said, listen, God's got a call on your life. He gave his life to the Lord today. He came forward, and I said, God's got a call God on your life. He's going to use you. And I said, there's no greater feeling in the world. I have played in front of thousands of people on a basketball court. I've played on TV. I've had all those accolades that I wanted in sports, but there's nothing greater. It can't even compare to seeing someone give their life to Jesus. There's nothing even compares to seeing someone's life that is destined for hell be rescued from the fires of hell and go to heaven. You have the power today to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? So let's get into this a little bit here. And uh, I'm a, I said this a minute ago, but I, I'm also a firm believer of this, that you should never ask or expect someone to do something you would not do yourself. So what I'm going to preach to you today is something that I have done myself. I'm, I'm going to ask some of you to say, I'm willing to do more for God, and I'm never going to ask you to do something that I don't do myself and that I don't continue to do myself. Today, I'm willing to go anywhere God calls me to go. Yeah. Amen? I'm willing to do anything God wants me to do. I think back to 19... 97, 25 years ago, when I was in this city right here in Denton, Texas, God had brought my wife and I and Kristen at three years old over to this city from Tucson, Arizona for a totally different reason that I don't tell most people about. It's a pretty crazy story, but I'm not going to tell it this morning. And we were here in Denton, and we started uh, going to a church over on McCormick over there by Fort Worth Drive, not too far from our second building. And uh, we were serving in that church. I became the assistant pastor that year. We started a ministry. I made more money in business than I'd ever made in my life. Uh, we had season passes to Six Flags back when me and my wife liked to go on roller coasters. Uh, life was good. We were happy. We were fulfilled. Th things were good. And all of a sudden, I began to enter in in September of 1997 into some depression. Out of nowhere, my dad says yes. And according to my dad's words, if a man can have PMS, I had PMS. That's his own words, right, Dad? Go, I, I got to be very not fun to work with. My dad and I had a business together, and, and uh, I just began to get depressed and be very upset. And I didn't know what was going on. But looking back, God was speaking to me as he was speaking to Isaiah. And he was wanting me to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. And while I was figuring that out, weeks were going by, and finally, one day I heard very clearly from the Lord. He said, I want you to go to Costa Rica. I want you to leave your business. I want you to leave your home. We had just moved. We thought that we were moving to Denton for a purpose. And looking back, we were. God was going to bring us back here later. But we were here for just a year. But we made a lot of money that year, and I said to my wife, words she thought she would never hear from me, God wants us to go to Costa Rica. That's my wife's native country. And she said, really? I said, yes, really. And we made a date for December 10th of 1997. 
And we said we're going to leave that day. We bought tickets. How many know the Bible says the just shall live by faith? We had just literally seen the dust settling on our lives when we moved to Denton. And God said, I want you to move again. And leave your country and take your three-year-old daughter. And my wife was pregnant with destiny. I mean, no, that's not really good, uh, suitable situation to leave to go to another country. And start a ministry from scratch, from nothing. But I said, we're going to go. We said yes. And uh, we, we began to save up our own money. We ended up going down to Costa Rica with $10,000 of our own money. No one backed us. We had, besides my family, thank God for my mom and dad and other people in the family that were helping. But here's the interesting thing. As I'm getting ready to go and I'm saying yes to the Lord and that cloud kind of lifted and we're getting ready to go to Costa Rica, uh, the pastor of the church that I was in, we had been working out that year uh, in the gym together every morning. I was probably in the best shape I'd ever been. I wasn't in the shape I'm in right now. Uh, I, was, I was a lot uh, fit, more fit, and we were lifting every day. I was eating five times a day, you know, good food, and uh, my dad liked that too. He just wasn't lifting. <laughs> he liked the five times a day, though. He goes, I like this diet you're on. Probably he was eating the five times a day, but he wasn't doing the workouts. And so I'm lifting every day with this pastor, and he calls me one day in, in, in after I had made the decision, two weeks after I said we're going to Costa Rica. He says, I need to meet you for dinner. We met at Chinatown restaurant right there on university and we sat down and he said I got to tell you something very troubling and very hard and very sad and very difficult for me I've been having an affair on the with the youth pastor's wife for the last two years and I need you to tell the church I was little older than Zach 24 years old and he says I need you to tell that and I need you to take over the church so I'm 24 years old and I have to go to the church and tell them that the pastor they've been under for 10 or 15 or 20 years had committed an affair. And God used Carla and I to take that church over for a few months and began to heal the people. God began to give me messages. And miraculously, it was a church similar to this in size, miraculously used us to not lose anybody. People stayed. And I believe my dad was on the board, uh, what we call the demon board back then. Um, we have a council in our church today. It's a little better. And uh, they began to say, you know, you're doing a really good job with this church. Why don't you take the church over? And I mentioned this on Friday. Now I have the permissible will and the perfect will right in front of me. I can go to Costa Rica, which is what God told me to do two weeks ago. I can take my own money. I can start over. I can get the dust picked up again. I can take my three-year-old daughter and my pregnant wife to Costa Rica and start from nothing with no promise of any future. Or I can take this church over that has two or 300 people and has a salary and has a, and has, uh, I could go full-time pastor and all this is laid before me. But it was never a temptation in my spirit. It was a temptation in my flesh. But I told that church, thank you for the offer. I'm very honored, but that's not what God's calling me to do. God called me to go to Costa Rica. And so we went just a few weeks later, a few months later, and the rest is history to what God did in Costa Rica. Then I remember being in 2008, the same month, exactly 10 years to the day later, praying at my house. I would usually go to church. We had started a foundation with kids that reached thousands of kids. We had started two churches, and things were going well. Things were going good. Be careful when things start going well and things start going good in the kingdom of God because God will come in and go. 
and mess it up. Things were going good. Things were going well. And he says, now I'm praying at my house in the living room. And just a few minutes in, he says, it's time to go home. And my dad says, amen. (laughs) Ten years. So we said we're going to go back to uh, to Denton and start a church. And we came back in 2008, and that's what we celebrated a couple weeks ago. I know what it is to hear the voice of God and say, here I am. I'll go. Amen. So this morning, my wife and I are, are, are announcing to you that we are leaving this church and moving to Alaska. Why are you all laughing? Just kidding. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I got you? Good. I got some people that time. Amen. I really would, though. I promise you. I would love to figure out how I could go down there for six months, like during this hell time. And then come back in the six months of normal, normal weather here. Set you all up for that. Amen. But back to seriousness. We're not going anywhere, but we're willing. We'll go anywhere God tells us to go. I want you to write something down. This is one of the most powerful quotes ever given. And I, and I mean that outside of Jesus' words. And then I'm going to give you a background of this quote. It says, this is by Jim Elliott. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Okay, listen to that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Now, how many know sometimes you can hear a quote like that, and it's meaningful and it's powerful, but you don't have the background? The man who said that's name was Jim Elliott, and in the 1950s or 60s, I probably should have got that between services when it was, doesn't matter, whatever it was, Jim Elliott goes in with his family and kids to the Amazons of Brazil to preach the gospel. And the day he lands on the ground, he's brutally murdered by those people. The day he got there. And there's a whole story you should go look at. If you can can write this down and go look at it later called Beyond the Gates of Splendor. There's a whole documentary and movie written about it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. His family goes back in and preaches to those people. And I, I, I've, I meant to tell Pastor Jones about this at the conference. I have, a, I have a friend who has pictures with that man who killed Jim Elliott. You never, you're only six people separated from everybody in the world that went into the Amazons and, and, and talked to him before he died. He saved. He, was, he wasn't saved by my friend, but my friend got to meet him, the, the man who killed Jim Elliott. And he writes those words before he goes to Brazil, thinking he's going to give his life for the Lord, and he did. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. In in this place this morning, you have to understand the difference between a healthy church and a dead church. A dead church is a church that checks off the box and goes religiously to a place to say they love God. A healthy church is a church who lives what they believe and is constantly ready to let God mess up their life and do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus and shows that they believe what God's word says on a weekly basis. That's the difference between a dead church and a real church. Willing to give their lives. Jesus said, "Take up if you take up your life for me, you'll gain. If you lose your life for me, you'll gain it. If you keep your life, you'll lose it. How many have learned and been saved long enough and been in the church long enough to realize God's ways are different than ours? He's simply looking for us to understand that whatever we give up here, we gain 10, 
50, 100 times over back up in heaven. He's simply asking for things that we're willing to give up. The problem is today's church is too comfortable. Today's church is too in love with this world, too in love with a house, too in love with a car, too in love with a career, too in love with a job. You can have all those things as long as they don't have you. And if you are able to say, God, if you want my house, here's my house. You want my car, here's my car. You want every, whatever you want, here it is. I'll give it to you. If you're willing to do that, God can use you. He's looking for someone that he can use this morning. And I'm going to show you in Romans chapter 10, in just a few scriptures this morning, verse 8, if you're there, say amen. Many of you have heard these, oh, by the way, before I put, I haven't said the, temp, the title. Let's put the title up real quick. Some send, some go. And if you're not one of those, get in the flow. Amen? So you gotta be, you got to be one of the two or you're not doing anything at all. You can be both. But you're either a sender or you're a goer. And before we read this scripture, my aunt and uncle, who live up on Rector Road, which is where our land is now, 30 years ago, were sitting in a church service in Tucson, Arizona, where I was sitting right where you are. Again, I'm not asking you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. I've been there. I've been sitting in the pew where you are listening and I'm listening to my friend Stacy Brankel the son of the pastor the brother of the pa the youth pastor who killed himself if you know my story talking about how he changed his life because his brother committed suicide and he wanted to go to Costa Rica to learn Spanish your destiny is tied to somebody else's destiny amen and he's sitting there preaching that he wants to go to Costa Rica to learn Spanish. And by coincidence, how many know there's no coincidences? My aunt and uncle, who are self-made millionaires, are sitting in the congregation in Tucson, Arizona. It's that way. 1,000 miles away from here, living in Rector Road, where our land is now. Think that's a coincidence? You don't think life comes full circle? Living, living here at Rector Road, got in an RV, drove a thousand miles to Tucson, Arizona to sit in a service the morning that the pastor's son's talking about going to Costa Rica because Blake Andrews is supposed to go to Costa Rica too. But Blake Andrews doesn't know that until his aunt and uncle come up to him after service and say, we think that God is calling you to go to Costa Rica too and wrote out a check for $4,000 30 years ago and said, if you'll go, we'll pay. That's a sender. I was willing to go, they were willing to send. Some of you in here today might not go, but you can send. And we need senders. Because if everybody goes, imagine if everybody today stood up and said, Pastor, I'll go, I'll go here, I'll go there, and everybody wants to go. Then we go, well, who's going to pay for the gas to get everybody there? So you've got to have both. A, a, a healthy church has both. But you've got to have goers, you've got to have senders. Today you need to find out which one you are. And whichever one you are, you need to become the best sender and the best goer you can be. Amen? For the kingdom of God. Today, my, my, my listen, I'm telling you about investments. My aunt and uncle's $4,000 is still making money in the kingdom of God. Today, everything that I do for the kingdom of God, everything that is connected to me is connected to that $4,000 investment to go to Costa Rica, learn Spanish. And that money's still going today. 
My uncle's up in heaven already. My aunt's here. I tell her all the time. She's been at inaugurations. She's been at celebrations. I tell her all the time, aunt, auntie, if it wasn't for you guys. How many know you got to remember where you come from and who gets you to your destiny and who helps you get where God wants you to go? Amen. I thank her all the time. She still lives right up there on Rector Road, and she still gives to the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 10, watch this, verse 8. Many of you have heard these verses, the beginning verses. It says, what does it say? The word, God's word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That's the word of faith that we preach. And then we've heard this a bunch of times. You hear it almost every Sunday and Wednesday when we do an altar call. He says, but if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there we understand the salvation, how we're saved, believing and confessing. But watch what it goes on to say. For the scripture says, whoever, somebody say whoever. That means anybody. How many are thankful that you're a whoever? I'm a whoever. Believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction. You look around this church. You don't see all one color. You don't see all one race. You don't see all one background. This is how a church is supposed to look. A church is not supposed to be, unless the demographic doesn't allow it. That's obvious. There's places in Africa that only have black people. There's places in Scandinavia that only have white people. But when there's a mixture of people, the church should represent the area. This is what a church is supposed to look like. There's no, there's no difference between Jew or Greek, for the Lord is over all and is, watch this, is rich... To all who call upon him. He's a good God. But here's the part that really matters. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, there are people outside these four walls, that direction, this direction, that direction, that direction, who need Jesus. And you are the one. Tell the person next to you, you're the one that needs to tell them about Jesus. You're the one that's going to reach them. Because you can reach people I can't reach, and I can reach people you can't reach. And there's lots and lots of people outside these four walls that need to know that Jesus loves them. And he goes on to say a simple fact today. How are they going to call on someone they have not believed? How are they going to believe on someone they have not heard of? We assume today that everybody has heard about Jesus. The problem is, maybe they've heard about Jesus, but they haven't seen Jesus. It's not enough just to say it. We've got to live it. Amen? But he's saying here, there's no way they can believe if no one preaches to them. And it says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach, watch this, unless they are sent? Pastor Mario today and Dianza have an opportunity to go to Slovakia and preach the gospel. They're willing to, listen, it may sound easy and fun. It's not easy and fun. I don't like traveling. I, I'd rather be here. They'd rather be here. But they have an opportunity to go, and we're going to send them. How are they going to go preach if they don't get sent? Amen? Some of you have a place to go. Someone's, God's calling you to go to a place, but you've got to say yes. And then if you'll say yes and it's God, someone will send you. And mate, you might not even know you're supposed to go someplace. I told you 30 years ago, he was preaching, and I didn't know I was supposed to go someplace. I didn't know Costa Rica was calling my name. I had no idea. 
think he's calling a kid right there, right now. And it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. In other words, your feet don't preach, but your feet move. Your feet go wherever God calls you to go. Who bring glad tidings of good cheer. Amen? Now, as we put that down, put the background back up for the, the title, please. How many would say, there's already enough churches? Right? Doesn't people ever think like that? That city don't need another church. Well, as long as there's people that are lost, we need churches. We need churches that will preach the gospel, that will go after people who aren't saved. Because how many know that that's who we're after today? We're not after people who are saved. We're after lost people. That is our vision. Our vision is to reach. How many people like to fish in here? My hands are not going up. How many people like to fish in here? Let me see you. Love you fishermen. Come on, raise your hand. Women like to fish? Can you, can you eat the fish before you catch it? Can you clean the fish before you catch it? You know why a lot of churches aren't successful? Because they, they try to clean the fish before they catch them. Some of y'all will get that on Tuesday. Meaning, they expect a person to walk into a church clean. It's like an emergency room telling people, hey, we'll treat you as long as you're not bloody. If your cut's too deep, if you're too bloody, go to another hospital. That's the mentality without saying of a lot of churches. A church should be willing to take anybody, come in, however they are, however they look, however they smell, because that's who we're after, is the lost. We're not after church people. There's lots of people. Matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something in very important for us. If you are witnessing to, or, or, or sharing your faith like you should, and you're talking to people about Jesus, and you find out they go to church, don't invite them to our church. We're not looking for church people. We're looking for people who have problems and need a Savior. Because those people that are in a good church have a pastor and a family who's been loving on them and praying for them and helping them. Why would you want to uproot them from another church? Now, there are situations where a pastor passes away. There are situations where somebody moves. There's, there's what we call fair game. You know, when you're hunting, there's fair game, right? There are certain people who are fair game. Let me give you a few. Anybody who's part of a cult... If you don't know what a cult is, come ask somebody. If you're part of a cult, invite them. They're fair game. If they go to a church where they've never met the pastor, they're fair game. That's a mega church where there's so many people that they've never even talked to their pastor in person. Never had a conversation with them. That's not, God, that's not a biblical church. Those people you can invite. But if you meet someone that says, I go to church and I serve in my church, and it's a Bible-preaching church, say, keep serving in your church and stay faithful to your church. We're not after you. We're after people who don't know Jesus. That's what we're looking for. And let me show you that in the Scriptures. It says in Romans chapter 15, Paul says these words, and this is our vision. This is what we're about. Verse 20. Watch what it says. Romans 15, verse 20. You got it? And so... Paul says, I have made it my aim to preach the gospel where? Where Christ was not named. 
I am after people who've never heard of Jesus before. I'm after people who've never had an encounter with Jesus before. You know why our church right now doesn't have a lot of problems? You know why a healthy church doesn't have a lot of problems? Because they're not dealing with religious people and religious problems. Some of you have been in church long enough to know what I'm talking about. When a church is healthy, the only problems are cleaning up babies' diapers from new converts who are saying, I'm trying to get rid of an addiction. I'm trying to get married. I'm trying to get over this sin I have. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying. But it's not religious people complaining about the paint color on the walls. Hello? Amen? When a church is healthy, it's because there's new people coming in and new life is coming in. And people are saying, I've never heard about this Jesus before. And it feels good. He changed my life. He, I used to be an alcoholic, and now I'm not. I used to be live, shacking up, and now I'm married. I used to be sick, and now I'm healed. I used to have this, and now I have that. I used to be lost, and now I'm found. I used to be blind, but now I see. That's what a healthy church is supposed to look like. That's who we're after. Where Christ has not been named. And he says, I don't want to build on any other man's foundation. You know, as the musicians begin to come this morning, God's going to speak to us. God's already speaking to some of us. And there's a call. And he says, who will go? Who will go for me? Who will go reach these people that no one can reach like you? You know, in tra church transfer growth, we was talking about this uh, yesterday, I think, with my dad and somebody else, some guys from the church at my, my son-in-law's event. When you used to transfer from a church back in the day when churches were functioning the way they, they, they were supposed to function before mega churches got involved and people left churches to go because the praise and worship was so amazing or the kids program was so great. See, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, which is good. If you left another church to be a member of a new church, you had to get a letter from your old pastor. And you had to come to that church and you had to say, I left my church in good standing. And if that doesn't happen, then the pastors converse and talk and you figure it out and you make it right so that when a person leaves a church and goes to another one, they leave the right way. So that if there's a past, there's a past that's fine, but you can move forward the correct way right that's that's church church you know church 101 but there's people who are out there right now who've never even heard of Jesus other than a cuss word and they're hopeless and they need salvation and that's who we're after I want you to bow your heads this morning and close your eyes and listen listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's speaking right now Today is a day that is so exciting because God is speaking. God is, is moving around this place and he's stirring hearts. And the stirring that he's doing is to transform the lives of people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who've never had the transforming power come into their life. How many all across this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, could say, Pastor, today I'm here and I have never given my life to Jesus before. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm asking you if you know Jesus. Personally, 
Has he died on the cross for your sins? Have you admitted that you're a sinner? If you stood before God today, would he be as your judge or as your savior? Maybe you're watching online. You're listening on the podcast. You're sitting here and somebody invited you today. Maybe you grew up in church. God does not care about whether you grew up in church or not. He cares if you love his son. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? How many all over this place with honest hearts could say, Pastor, if I die today, if I passed into eternity now, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. You're saying, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm saved. I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. How many more? I'm not sure. I see your hand. I'm not asking if you're a member of a church that God's not going to ask for church membership. He's going to ask, did you love my son? Did you believe on Jesus? Did you confess with your mouth that he's Lord? Did you believe in your heart that he rose from the dead? I'm telling you, the gospel story has been around for thousands of years. It's the greatest story ever told where God left heaven and came down to this earth and said, I'm going to die for you so you can know salvation. I'm going to pay a price that whether you accept me or not, I love you. While you're still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. I am ungodly. Without Jesus, I'm lost. How many more? God's pricking your heart today. Do you know him? Just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I don't want to leave this place without knowing that I'm saved. Today, listen, I can tell you, you can be assured. You can know for sure you're going to heaven if you just put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're here today and and at some point in your life, you said that prayer. But since that day, you have left your walk with God. You have grown cold in your walk with God. You're not living the life that pleases God. You, God is not your first love. Don't be deceived that everybody that's sitting in church is going to go to heaven. I wish that was the case. But you've got to know Jesus. And Jesus has to know you. And the way you know him, the way he knows you is if you confess him as your Lord and Savior. Let's stand all over this place today. And as we stand in reverence to the Lord, if you're here and you raise your hand, or maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but still right now your heart is beating out of your chest because God is telling you, you're not right with me. You're not right. You're not ready. And you might believe the lie of the devil where you say, well, you'll never be ready. No, you'll never be ready. You can't get caught or clean before you get caught. You need to come to Jesus today just like you are. Lost, broken, messed up, tore up from the floor up. You need to come to Jesus just like you are right now and say, Jesus, take me as I am. and He will take you just as you are. And then through the Holy Spirit, he'll begin to clean you up in a process called sanctification. But today you need to be like that person that walks into the emergency room bleeding and say, I'm, I'm sorry I'm bleeding so much, but I need, I need stitches. And that doctor is going to stitch you up. God will stitch you up today. He'll make you a new creation. All over this place in the next five seconds, 
you've never been saved, you need to come back to the Lord, or you haven't taken your walk seriously, just find the nearest aisle and come down here quickly. If you raised your hand, you didn't raise your hand, you need to come, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, just step out quickly. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few seconds. Just step out. This is my day. Come on, five more seconds. This is my day. Come on. This is my day. I'm, I'm surrendering. I'm making things real. I'm making things right. I'm not playing games anymore. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Thank you, Jesus. All over this place, repeat this with me, those that are watching online, listening on the podcast. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I fail every day. I fall short every day of your glory. But thank you that you have a way out, a way of salvation, a way of forgiveness. I admit I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me. I'm asking that from the bottom of my heart. I mean it. I'm sorry. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to change. Today is the day of my salvation. Today is the beginning of a new life. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Make me a new creation. In Christ Jesus. And from this day forward, I am going to live for you to the best of my ability as I trust in your grace. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. And devil, not in my power, but in the power of Jesus that I have just accepted get out of my life I give you an eviction notice you cannot live in my life anymore you cannot speak to me anymore I am God's child in Jesus name amen amen let's give the Lord a big <laughs> praise this morning thank you Jesus